1: And now back to two, 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 two. The Rich Eisen Show now, and now. The hiring has begun In the NFL. Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio In Los Angeles The New York Jets fired the first shot Today to hire as an offensive Coordinator The man who will come to New York Nathaniel Hackett And you could already hear the howls mm-hmm. I kind of like the hire. Earlier on the show, NFL on Fox analyst Greg Olson. Coming up, NFL Network insider Tom Pelissero. Plus, latest news and more. And now, it's Rich Eisen. Hour number two of the Rich Eisen show is on the air. Greg Olson of Fox is calling the NFC Championship game in the Super Bowl. We had a great chat with him in hour number one. Uh, We're set for Super weekend in a couple of uh, weeks from now we're going to take the show to Arizona for three days Super Bowl week we're excited love our partnership with the Roku channel and Roku we're live on the Roku channel right now Um, and uh, if you're seeing us later on in the day that means you're watching a rear of the show on channel 210 the Roku channel is free all Roku devices you can get the roku channel on it for free select samsung smart tvs amazon fire tv the roku channel's free the roku app has the roku channel on it guess what it's free there free. same thing on the roku channel.com. we say hello to our terrestrial radio audience i'm sitting at the rich eisen show desk furnished by granger with supplies and solutions for every industry granger is the right product for you call click granger.com or just stop by we're on sirius xm odyssey we say hello to our podcast listeners who choose to listen to us whenever they darn well please it's your right please just give us a subscribe uh, add yourself to our rss feed as they call it in the business same thing with our youtube page youtube.com slash rich eisen show brockman del tufo in their spots what up, what up, what up? del tufo's weather report later on everybody's looking forward to that Rain raining sideways two more outdoor games Outdoor
2: games, Mike. Get high. TJ Jefferson. Good to see you
1: over there, sir. Good to see you. Uh, oh, careful! DJ. I would like you
2: to turn your mic on. Mike, you got to turn your microphone on. I have just started carrying a pocket watch, Rich. So I yeah. just want to let, let you guys know that. My goodness, it's my new thing now. What are to you? are you know, gonna no wear a top hat, hat. hat and you know tell me I can't pass go. Hey, you just never know. I might have to start walking with a cane. Can't pass. Go. You know? that I mean, is seriously, you know, like Mr. Home. You got is the, you get so. is he Mr. dressed as a peanut, Mr. Peanut, Mr. Peanut. I'm gonna start watching Peaky I'm gonna start watching Pinky Blinders, man. I'm gonna set it up. You should. Great show. Next thing, you come in with a monocle. <laughs> all right, I'm Googling. Don't think I won't. The most famous people with pocket watches.
1: watches. Very good.
2: Brilliant! <laughs> <laughs> Einstein. <laughs> <laughs> that
1: one came out of nowhere. Uh, okay. So, um, hey, Tom hey. Pellisaro is going to join us shortly. Can't wait to ask him about all these coaches' openings. There, there was some coaching news yesterday, as we all know. Frank Reich hired by the Carolina Panthers. He was the first ever quarterback for the Carolina Panthers, don't you know? Oh, I forgot. Yeah. That. So He's you. Okay, very good. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> uh, one story that, you know, one one piece of coaching news that happened yesterday uh, uh, set off my spidey sense where something just doesn't add up. Look, when you interview as a head coach in this league, it is a process Okay. It's a problem. And if you interview multiple times, I can't imagine. Like you're going through the same thing. You're saying the same lines, you know, over and over again. And if you're interviewing with the Denver Broncos for the second straight year, you're kind of glad that there's a new ownership group because they haven't heard your stuff yet. You know, I always think when coaches use their lines, you know, like the end of Officer and a Gentleman when Lewis Gossett Jr. is using the same lines with just different recruits, right?
0: Yeah.
1: It's a process. You got PowerPoints, you got Zooms. And if you're a coach who's interviewing for head coaching jobs when you are still coaching for a team that's in the playoffs, I mean, you got to find a window. You can't just say, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm available when you need me. No, no, no. You got to tell them I'm available here. So clearly you're interested in the job if you're taking the time out of preparing for a playoff game as a coordinator to be a head coach. And if you've done it two years in a row, you clearly want to be a head coach in this league. Certainly if you've previously been a head coach in this league, taking a team to a Super Bowl, you've got that taste in your mouth. Certainly if you've lost it. That's all I keep hearing about my coach at Michigan. Oh my gosh. He's got that resume that he needs to have, you know, filled with a Super Bowl ring cuz he didn't get one when he was with the Niners and Jim Harbaugh. That's why he just can't focus on being a Michigan coach with that Super Bowl still out there. So what about Dan Quinn? Does he not want one? Is an HC? The situation's not right again for him in Denver. Situation's not right for him wherever he interviewed, for him to go back to Dallas as he announced yesterday because there's unfinished business as a defensive coordinator for the Cowboys. Now, last year, I was like, okay, so he just wasn't into these other opportunities and he pulled back. And if you recall, we had Mike McCarthy on this program after Quinn stayed, Mm -hmm. then after everything played out, with that, and after a story appeared on DallasCowboys.com with a quote from Jerry Jones saying, Coordinators like to stay with us because they all know in the history of me owning this team, they've got a shot at the real job at the HC. And everyone's like, Huh? So does that mean Mike McCarthy's on the hot seat? No, no, no. That does not mean that at all. And McCarthy even came on here and said he had to have a conversation with Jerry Jones about that, and with Dan Quinn saying, Come back. I'm cool with it, with the speculation being that you're sticking around for my job, since Jerry Jones pointed out that is a blueprint that is in the mind's eye of the assistants who stay. I mean, these are all facts uttered by the owner and placed on the Internet by the team's own website. So the second straight year, Dan Quinn sticking around. Why not? Come on. So he wants to see it through at Tank Lawrence. Come on, man. Being a head coach, is so much more responsibility. Spidey, dude, he interviewed for the second straight year. He went through the circuit for the second straight year. And he, he took time out for the second straight, for this this time around, out of preparing for the 49ers he's interviewing because he was just dipping his toe in the pool again. My spidey sense is going crazy about this one. Why? Why? Because something is up in Dallas. You know it, and I know it.
2: I Look, man, you it, know he's it, got I a know great it. gig. Maybe he's happy where he's the at. He's American enjoying what he's doing. Know.
1: Come on, man. He said he doesn't want to be a head coach in the NFL again. For two straight years, he's now checked it all out.
2: And so do you think, he's being, he's being blackmailed? To, like Jerry's got pictures no. or something? Like, no. He's, no, because he gets
1: a sense he could be the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys. That's why. And okay. I don't know if he's gotten that sense from I don't know what. I don't have an answer for that. But I'm just telling you what I'm what everybody's thinking. My texts are blowing up. Why is he staying for second straight year to be a defensive coordinator when he used to be an HC took a team to the Super Bowl was up 28 to 3 in it? This is a damn good coach. Who, by the way, you should celebrate. You should be a Cowboy fan saying, "Why shouldn't he stay?" You should. I'm not saying you shouldn't celebrate. You got, and by no stretch of me, I don't think any Cowboy fans going, "Why is he staying?" Like we're all happy. Of course not. You don't. Why would you sit there and think, "Why is he staying?" I I didn't want the guy to go. 31 other teams are going. Huh. I think I know why he's staying. And certainly those who offered him the opportunity to interview for their head coaching job. And then before it all is up, he's like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm staying put. I mean, there's still jobs open. Now, he can get the sense he's not in the running for those gigs, and he's pulling back before he doesn't get them, and he's beating everyone to the punch, so he still has that feel about him as being wanted elsewhere. That could be it, too. But, man, I just laid out for you how it all was set up last year. And McCarthy did do a good job this year. Losing a tackle on the line, losing his quarterback for five games. He did a really good job. But why is Dan Quinn sticking around there? I, I, my spotty sense is going off. That's all I'm saying. Okay, Peter Parker. It's just going off like haywire. It's going crazy. Tim and Phoenix, you're here on the Rich Eisen Show. What's up, Tim? You there, Tim?
3: Hey, Rich, thanks for taking my call. You got, got it. a quick comment and a question. What's for you. going on? My comment is uh Purdy has the it factor. Yes. He's actually one of the best high school quarterbacks I've ever seen play. Unfortunately, Jeff George is probably the best high school quarterback I've ever seen play, but he never had the hit factor. And my question is concerning the Colts. Is Jim Ursay actually turning into Robert Ursay?
1: That's a question that a lot of people are having in Indianapolis for sure. I mean, Frank Rock getting hired in Carolina, you know, I I thought Steve Wilkes did a terrific job, but if they wanted to go in a direction of a guy that's – coached in a Super Bowl with a quarterback that got better because of him and you feel that he can come in and he's got a history there being the first quarterback there and and you want to you know, convince yourself he's the better choice over Steve Wilkes or anyone else. I can understand that. I still don't understand firing him impetuously in the middle of the season and going and getting somebody who he said he was thankful was available when basically the only reason where he would be unavailable is if he was out of range with his cell service like Einstein you know I don't I don't I don't understand it I don't understand what happened this season I think a lot of it is self-inflicted and they have a chance to get it right with their next hire here um and it could be Saturday and thanks for the call I mean his teams didn't give up I'll tell you that his teams were plucky enough to have leads that they couldn't hold on to but and he's a terrific leader, and he's very positive And well, you know, I I just don't know. Could you imagine they go through a two three week long process and interview a whole bunch of people and come back and say it's the it's the we're just taking the interim tag off Jeff Saturday. Not going to go over well. I think it's entirely possible. By the way, Tom Pelissero on all these fronts. Jeff in Detroit, how you doing, Jeffrey?
0: What's up, Jeff? Uncle Rich, fellas, here. Let me this thing. listen uh that that you just brought up a a interesting point i wonder the same thing like how can they go back to jeff after this year but stranger things have happened you know i mean here in detroit we fired a winning coach uh dj i hate to say this and this is just me personally as long as uh big fella is running the dallas cowboys nothing is going to happen as long as the boss man is there. I mean, you figure like this. Jimmy Johnson can't get in the ring of honor, and he's the only person that gave this man hardware. So you don't put him in the ring of honor. It's kind of like, let's say, having a top five or a top ten defense in the NFL and getting rid of the defensive coordinator. And I, I guess my question from this point on is, What happens with the Buffalo Bills? Because we don't look at them kind of like we look at Dallas or anybody else. For the last couple of years, the only thing that I've always heard was Josh Allen is going to be an MVP. It looks like the Buffalo Bills might as well start printing up uh, Super Bowl tickets. And for all of that, mm, they have about as many Super Bowls as the Detroit Lions. And what's... uh, What's Uncle Rich's, Nostra, I know you're clairvoyant at some time. What's that Monday headline that nobody is seeing, something that just might peek out? I know you come up with interesting tidbits. You guys have a great weekend. Been loving the show this week, man. I'll talk to you guys later. Okay. For Monday headline on coming Monday, out of
1: championship man. weekend. Is that what he meant? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Headline on Monday that we're uh, maybe not seeing right now.
1: Headline on Monday we're not seeing right now. Um, I don't know. Chad Henney uh, <laughs> wins the AFC championship game. Um, that's shocking. What's another one? Dan um, Quinn pictures surface in Dallas. <laughs> dude, I don't know why you've got your head in the sand on this one.
2: It's not in it the sand. Of, it is
1: in the sand. I mean, honestly, I mean you you as a cowboy fan don't have to think about this, and you shouldn't. You're excited. You got the defensive coordinator, mm-hmm. maybe one of the best. And most, you know, um, uh, experienced hand at that. Players love him. He loves them. fact that he's saying, I've got unfinished business, Micah Parsons will run through a wall for yeah. him, which so is what you I want. So why would I sit
2: there and then break out a magnifying glass and try to look for a Because reason. that's my job. Yeah, I'm not sure. saying you, you should. Yeah. And, um, yeah
1: but the, the calls are coming from within
2: the house for Mike McCarthy. Fact. Even though Jerry just more or less said that and he'd if like Payton, to have him for another 29 yeah, years. Great. And if Sean Payton Payton is still sitting out there
1: next year, McCarthy better win 13 games and get to the NFC Championship game. And that may be unfair to say for him, but I I think he sees the writing on the wall too, man. He couldn't have been nicer and more
2: open when he called into the show last spring on that front. Well, the way it's working out, Rich, last year we lost in the first round. This year we lost, <laughs> so next year we're going go. to lose in the right. in the conference finals, okay. and then the year after that we're finally going to get to Super Bowl and lose it. there. So that's how this is going to work. I like out. it. Positivity. Last, last year, have.
1: last year the Jets were terrible. This year they almost uh, were, you know, uh, mediocre. So that's great. So next year, next year we'll be, be good and we'll make the playoffs for the first time since 2010. That'll be great. Or you could win the
2: Super Bowl if you get the right uh, signal Aaron color Rogers. that you don't want. Aaron Rodgers. Oh, Let's go. That you don't want. Wait a minute. You want him. Sauce Gardner said something about that, didn't he? Sauce. <laughs> Sauce. Oh, much yeah. South.
1: Let's hit that. Jets and Aaron Rodgers, okay. They hire Nathaniel Hackett. Aaron loves him. What well, wouldn't Aaron love New York? Some great tea houses, right? <laughs> Diverse. Why wouldn't he want to go join the Jets? Why wouldn't he want to just, uh, you know, join a completely new team and take them to some place that Favre couldn't?
3: <laughs> you don't want it. It's so funny. I do want it. You of don't? course I no, want it. Don't. No, don't. I
2: don't think he wants it. No, you don't. Why would he want it? Because people like challenges? Yeah. <laughs> You just roll your eyes at everything that people want. Like, this guy wants people to stay. Want you challenges. don't like this. This guy might want to challenge your Rolling your eyes at that. He like, already answered the
1: challenge. Can he turn Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs and these guys that he really doesn't have much of a connection to because they're truly – some of them are half his age almost. Can he turn that into a viable threat towards the end of the season? The answer is yes. And the challenge is to turn that into another 13-win team and him an MVP quarterback again in in a spot that he knows all about. And they love him and accept him for who he is? You're talking about Dan Quinn or Aaron Rodgers? I'm talking about Aaron Rodgers. Okay, All right, here's Sauce Gardner on the subject of Aaron Rodgers, maybe
2: coming into the Jets. Practicing against Aaron Rodgers, how great of a quarterback did he seem to you? And what was your thoughts on him from the quarterback position? Uh, man, yeah, he's definitely great. He's definitely elite. He's been doing it before,
0: dang, before I was born, so... You know, um, I can't discredit nothing that he do. You know what I mean? Because I've seen him do so many good things. So, he's a he's a
2: great quarterback for sure. Would you want him on your team? Nobody get juicy. You know, I would I wouldn't mind that. I I want what's best for the offense, but same time, I got to just focus on on my job and focus on what we got going on on the defensive side.
1: That's on Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio. We appreciate that. All right it's good enough for Sauce, definitely good enough for me. That's your guy. Oh, yeah. Now, that's the culture changer. That guy right there. Quentin Williams and him. Let's go follow him to freedom. <laughs> I have no idea if Aaron Rodgers is anywhere remotely in the neighborhood of Interested here. But if it's good enough for Sauce, it's good enough for me. Let's take a break. So much to ask Tom Pelissero about. Yeah. Tom's is Rodgers possible to go to New York? Yeah what is sean payton's deal why what is he looking for and is tj's head completely in the sand (laughs) that's coming up (laughs) let's talk game time boy do we love using game time tickets in-store. And now save 40% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time for JD Power 2023 award information. Visit jdpower.com/awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Oh my gosh, my buddy uh uh joining us here on the Rich Eisen show, a frequent uh uh guest host of this program, NFL Media Groups, Tom Pelicero here on the Rich Tom Eisen Show. What's
3: up? How are you, Tom? <laughs> you guys are having a blast over there. Come so on. It's good to hear. This
1: is great. This is great. I mean, we've gone loopy covering ankles, man. Yeah, we have. Gone loopy. <laughs> um, what, what's the uh, injury report for, for this weekend? A- anybody that's, uh, is Avante Maddox back for it? Any concerns about Lane Johnson? What do you got for me on the injury front for Championship Sunday? Tom,
3: It seems like Lane Johnson is going to drag his body through this no matter what. I mean, he, he did not look between plays like himself. He seemed fine when the game was actually going on, but he's playing with a, I mean, a a serious injury right now. You know, the other ones, I know that uh, Zach Taylor ruled out a couple of his offensive linemen again, and Jonah Williams for this weekend. That's going to be uh, significant uh, going up against the chiefs. And, and, you know, maybe the, the shocking part of this entire, Uh, Deal is the fact that Patrick Mahomes, according to the Chiefs, has fully participated, taken every rep that he normally would in practice, despite a a high ankle sprain. We know the history with Patrick Mahomes; he has played through a lot of different injuries, including a, a high ankle in the Week One of 2019. That didn't stop him from throwing for 443 yards and four touchdowns a week later against the Raiders. He does some superhuman things, but you know, you just have to wonder: Are you getting Mahomes? At full tilt, or are you getting something like some homes we saw in the Super Bowl a few years ago, where you just knew he was trying to do a lot and the body wasn't able to answer the bell quite like it normally would.
1: I don't think uh, people are talking about the Bengals' offensive line against Frank Clark and Carl Loftus and Chris Jones enough. So they're 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 going to have once again some reparations to do up front, and and I, I you know that Bills front seven. Uh, and what it's, what he did can bring um, not not the Chiefs the Chiefs have a better front seven I mean we've seen that throughout the season that's pretty big Tom
3: no absolutely and the Chiefs are really disruptive you know that they play that attacking style under Steve Spagnuolo and I think that you know you're certainly going to see them try to exploit those weaknesses I mean it's amazing the job the Bengals did last week I, I, correct me if I'm wrong I don't think they gave up a sack in that game with several guys who had started zero or one games, uh, previously, you know, in the course of the season, uh, you have to give credit. I know that we talk, there's been a lot of talk recently about the Bengals coaching staff and the job that guys like Luan Rumo has done, which has been unbelievable what he's done with that defense. And, you know, other than being a defensive coach, it's hard to imagine why he's not getting head coaching interviews uh, right now. Brian Callahan, Zach Taylor with that offense, one of the, one of the key hires, That Zach made, and he has not made that many staff changes. If you go back, he's never changed out his coordinators. He's made very few position coach changes, but one he made a couple of years ago was getting Frank Pollock in uh, as the offensive line coach. And when you watch the job that they're doing with all those different combinations, uh, it's fairly remarkable. And I'm sure that Frank and Zach and Brian will have a plan uh, for how they're going to try to neutralize those guys. But make no mistake, you're right. They are a very disruptive fronts for that Chiefs team.
1: Tom Pelicero here on the Rich Eisen Show. Let's talk coaching fronts. Why Frank Reich? How did he land in Carolina?
3: It's interesting, Rich, because when the Panthers set out on this, and you could see it just based on their interview slips, they clearly were focused on can we get the next Sean McVay? Can we get the next Matt LaFleur? The next up and coming offensive coach, somebody who's really smart, fix the quarterback, fix the offense. And go from there. And certainly there was a high degree of interest in uh, the Lions offensive coordinator Ben Johnson. Uh, ben was supposed to be on a plane I want to say it was last Thursday at 6 a.m and he called uh, David Tepper or Scott Fitter or one of those guys at like six o'clock the night before and called the other teams too and just said I'm not I'm not ready. I'm not'm I'm just I'm not gonna be able to do it. I got to go back to Detroit. I want to be there. we're building something special. Um there were some family dynamics to that too. But really that, you know, that was a, a, a pivot in the Panthers plans. Then, you know, they spent time trying to figure out oops. they spent time trying to figure out, you know, exactly, you know, what they were gonna do from that point. Um they continued doing interviews. They eventually got Kellen Moore uh, in for an interview. And uh, that was the only thing, really, that you know made gave them pause at the last second. They really liked Frank Reich. They liked liked everything he brought to the table. He's based out there. He played quarterback there. He loves that franchise. And um, you know, it just it kind of was one of those situations where it was the right place at the right time uh, for Frank Reich, who also had strong interest from the Cardinals. And even though Frank doesn't qualify in the young category at this point, he is pretty sharp with offense. He'll have a plan on that side of the ball. That's. Something they've been wanting is now they try to once and for all find that franchise quarterback.
1: What about the spot that he left or was told to leave? Uh, is Jeff Saturday the front runner in in Indianapolis? As you know, I've seen reports around. I don't know if any of them are from you, Tom. But what are you hearing about what's happening in Indianapolis? There,
3: Jeff Saturday is a candidate. Always has been a candidate. For that job, Jim say likes him a lot and wanted to see him get a fair shake through the interview process. I would say, Rich, I would be surprised if Jeff Saturday ends up being the head coach of the Indianapolis Colts. They're bringing through some really good coaches this week. Ejiro Evero had an interview yesterday that went for something like 12 or 14 hours. The Broncos defensive coordinator who's really impressed everybody, all these other teams that he's spoken with, the process. They got Raheem Morris there today. They got Wink Martindale tomorrow who took the place of, uh, of Dan Quinn in that slot. And they still might bring back uh, some more candidates, guys like Eric the Enemy, Brian Callahan, Shane Steichen who are um, currently in the playoffs and can't have a second interview until next week. This could easily go into next week. It's the most thorough search being run by anyone. You never say never because, again, Jim Ursay just has a high degree of belief in what Jeff Saturday can be. But do I anticipate just there the coach? Do I believe that he is the front runner? I would say not as of now.
1: Tom Poesaro, NFL Network Insider here on the Rich Eisen Show. You mentioned Dan Quinn's spot or slot interviewing with the Colts um, was taken up by Wink Martindale. Why did Dan Quinn tap out of this for a second straight year to go back to Dallas?
3: I think he had two different situations, Rich. Last year when Dan hold back. It was after the Broncos had hired Nathaniel Hackett. And I want to say he was might have been in Chicago when they were hiring Matt Eberflus who was around that same time. And Dan just kind of got to that point where he, he just didn't want to didn't want to move forward. This year, he was a, a strong candidate. I mean there there's a real chance, Rich, that Dan Quinn would have been the coach for the Arizona Cardinals. And if he did not get locked up by the Cardinals by today, there would have been a real chance, I believe, that he would have been the head coach of the Indianapolis Colts. So this was not a case where Dan Quinn looked around and realized he wasn't going to get a job. Dan Quinn looked around and realized he probably was going to get a job, and he had to weigh out uh, some of the historical challenges in a place like Arizona and some of the questions about the Colts' process, knowing that you know they were interviewing a ton of people for the job and also thinking about, What he had back in Dallas, he really loves, and his wife loves that area. He loves the Cowboys. Uh, He wants to be a part of that. I mean, I was told, you know, he went in to see Mike McCarthy yesterday and and delivered the news to him, and they, you know, hugged it out, had a big bro hug, and were celebrating it. I mean, they they really have a good thing going, and and Quinn's, you know, really been a big part of building that culture on the defensive side. Now, Jerry and Steven also have uh, a high degree of closing power, uh, that they tend to exert. I don't I'm not aware of any contractual changes for Dan Quinn this time around. But safe to say they make Dan Quinn feel real loved and when it was, you know, put up against you know, quite frankly an Indianapolis job where you don't know who the quarterback is going to be and you don't know exactly what direction that process is going to go. And in Arizona you got questions about the quarterback there as well, including the fact that Kyler Murray's in all likelihood, they not gonna be ready for the start of next season. It was that in totality, but it really boiled down to Rich. He loves Dallas. He wants to help finally bring a Super Bowl there and he'll get another crack at it in twenty twenty three.
1: What about the elephant in the room that uh Mike McCarthy was kind enough to come on this show and say that they that that was openly talked about with Dan Quinn and he also with Jerry Jones, uh, and that Quinn and him are totally cool. I totally understand and get and believe, not to say what you say is not believable, that they do hug it out there, that Quinn and McCarthy are fine with each other. McCarthy couldn't be happier that the defensive side of the ball is handled by Dan Quinn. I would be doing cartwheels on that. But the elephant in the room is he's a coach and waiting. I mean, even Jerry said in a in a DallasCowboys.com article about around one year ago at this time, I think it was a Senior Bowl article, where he was quoted as saying coordinators like to stick around because they know that's the path to the uh, the ultimate job here so what about that
3: i thought it was interesting that mike mccarthy in his press conference yesterday provided just a little bit of a window into the relationship with jerry jones where he mentioned the you know jerry said that he wants me around as long as tom landry you know mccarthy made a face because that you know three years down 26 to go michael being like his mid-80s by that point so obviously (laughs) it's not you know that's hyperbole however there's not as much as you know we talk about it so much in the media as much as it's talked about so much with the fans i do not get the sense that it's ever really a topic in the building and that jerry is sitting there with his hand over the button saying if we lose this game mike's going to be out absolutely jerry envisions a future where whenever mike walks away listen mike's 59 he's not going to do this forever Um, You know, if you came to that time that Mike walks away or they decide to make a change, then Dan would be the guy that they would want as the coach. But Dan's not sticking around solely for what might happen in a year or two years or three years. I mean, think about it. He interviewed for jobs this year. If he thought, hey, Jerry's guaranteed me on this date I'm going to be the head coach, he'd leave. He'd just take a job. But, yeah, somewhere down the line, he probably ends up being the head coach if he doesn't get the perfect opportunity elsewhere. Is that going to be this week? Is that going to be in nine months? You know, it, it's tough to say. But there's just there's not that discussion within the building, within the leadership about Mike McCarthy's job the way the way it is every place else.
1: I've got Tom Pelissero here on the Rich Eyes. It show. So much to get to you, uh, get to with you right here. Let's jump in with Denver and Sean Payton. If you can mix the Denver situation in with Sean Payton's um, and, and and what happens there and with Coach Payton. What you got for me?
3: So what we know as of Sean Payton as of now, and this is <laughs> this is a lot of moving parts here, Rich, yeah. because you know, you're talking about the trade and the contract and other candidates. He interviewed with Carolina. I know that there had been some rumors that David Tepper was going to throw everything at him. I never understood that to be the case. They spent time with Sean Payton. He was not the target of their search. Uh, the Cardinals spent time with Sean Payton yesterday. They, of course, lost out on uh, Dan Quinn, so you cannot entirely rule him out there. The Texans is a job that some people close to Payton feel like he would like. I don't, again, never say never, I don't get the sense that he is the frontline candidate right now in the Texan search. And then the Broncos have not operated with any type of urgency regarding Sean Payton, in part because they probably don't believe that they're uh, battling it out with anybody right now for his services. And none of that is to cast any aspersions upon Sean, who's a very good coach, who's won a Super Bowl, had a ton of success, great with offense, all those things. But you've got to remember, you're talking about he wants, based upon all, um, all indications, all reports, a sizable amount of money to take a coaching job. And the Saints, as much as Sean has said, well, mid-first-round pick, what teams have heard from Mickey Loomis is we want what John Gruden fetched. We want what Bill Parcells fetched. We want, you know, two first-round picks or something up in that neighborhood. That's a lot. And if you're a team that's got needs, you know, is, does Sean think that this is all going to line up and it makes sense for him too? So, you know, again, never say never until all these jobs are filled. I will believe, Rich, when the last job is filled, and when nobody makes an aftershock change like last year when Sean stepped down and Bruce Arians stepped down and all hell broke loose in March and April, I, I will believe that Sean is uh, not coaching the NFL in 2023, only then. But as of right now, there's not movement uh, toward a spot But you know, keep an eye on a place like Arizona that just had their plans changed.
1: All right. So D'Amico Ryan's lands where, right? We all assume that that he's going to get a gig, but I guess we should never assume anything when the NFL coaching searches. But... What about him? Where is he a front runner? I
3: I believe I know that he is certainly a frontline candidate for the Texans as well as for the Broncos, the two teams that got to interview him. The Broncos spent time with him a week ago out in California. They really liked him, uh, and the Texans also got a chance to uh, spend time with him as well. Now, remember, those teams cannot. Uh, they cannot do second interviews until next week, but any time that you have a coach that is in demand by multiple teams, even though they are still playing, it is certainly a possibility that something can get done anytime. And so, what I am trying to say to you is, I think that there is a realistic chance that D'Amico Ryan's has a head coaching job somewhere uh, before the playoffs are over. He is absolutely one of the—I uh, mean—one of the top candidates for multiple teams. I would lean right now toward Houston. There's a lot of history there. There are family ties for him there. A uh, place he would like to be. There are a lot of resources as well. Uh, but keep an eye on this in the coming days and hours and minutes here, Rich.
1: Last one for you, Tom Pelissero. Uh, the Jets hire Nathaniel Hackett as their offensive coordinator. Woody Johnson came out and said a couple weeks ago that he's willing to spend whatever it takes uh, for a game-changing player. And uh, so those two things add up to 12 in Green Bay for a lot of Jets fans. What's the scoop? Aaron Rodgers to the Jets, is that in in the realm of reality? What do you think?
3: It's definitely in the realm of reality here um, because – There's different scenarios where Aaron Rodgers, he holds the cards here. He's due $60 million, fully guaranteed, a large chunk of added a $58 million option bonus that's fully payable by September 30th, I believe. Uh, He can, in essence, say, I would like to move on. And the Packers, based upon the conversations they've had, have made, if not in writing, a commitment that if he wants to go someplace else, they will work with him on a trade. They also have obviously made a commitment to Jordan Love. They've developed him. He has gotten on the field and, you know, showed this year, albeit in limited action, I believe it was in Philadelphia where he played well and kind of showed what he can do. The Packers at this point, even though, based on my understanding, they would like Aaron Rodgers to be back, they would like him to be their quarterback, but if he's ready to move on, they are also ready to, you know, examine their options and they have the the next plan, uh, ready to go. Uh, meanwhile, Rich, if you notice that I was talking really slowly uh, on the D'Amico Ryans topic a moment ago, it's because I was buying time until Rappaport tweeted what he just did from the uh, two of us here, which is that D'Amico Ryan has emerged as a top candidate for the Texans. He's expected to meet with Houston at some point next week after the game. There's mutual interest, and if all goes well, he could be their next head coach. Mm-hmm. So that is the Texans' target is D'Amico Ryans. The Broncos have also been targeting D'Amico Ryans. This is going to be very interesting uh, heading into next week, but it certainly sounds like everything is lining up for D'Amico Ryans to be the
1: Texans head coach. Okay, that's terrific, and I appreciate you breaking news here on the show, but Aaron Rodgers to the Jets, really? Would he consider that? I mean, really? Really? Tom? <laughs> I, really? I
3: thought you'd be entertained that I was reading Ian's text. No, no, to no I, Tom, I'm, I'm
1: spellbound. Your segment. your talent spellbinds me, as you know.
3: Uh, but Aaron this Rogers, is serious business
1: we're talking about that. here. Really? Really?
3: Aaron Rodgers will be open to, if he decides to play. Right. So that's one thing I can tell you is that Aaron Rodgers has not told the people that he's close with that he can guarantee anyone that he wants to play. Now, he has 60 million reasons for us to believe that he will play, and if he does, the Nathaniel Hackett factor can't be uh, overstated. It's not a guarantee. Uh, Of course, you know, Hackett went to the Broncos last year. Everybody connected those dots. They ended up with Russell Wilson, and Nathaniel Hackett's now the Jets' offensive coordinator. (laughs) They got Nathaniel because he has a relationship with Robert Sola. He had play-calling experience. He knows the system that they want to implement and that they already have – Pieces of uh, in place. And so, um, you know, there's a lot of reasons that Hackett's headed to New York, but I mean, this is a guy that Aaron Rodgers was very close with. That when Hackett was up for the Falcons uh, head coaching job a couple of years ago, Rodgers reached out to the Falcons and said, you should hire him as your head coach. So these two have a great deal of affection for one another. If it comes to that point, there's several steps here, Rich, but if Aaron Rodgers says, "I I want to play, and if the he decides i want to play someplace else and if the packers as i would expect work with him on that trade i would certainly anticipate that the jets would be one of the teams that would be interested and that hackett's presence among other things makes it possible that that could be a possibility oh my goodness gracious
1: thank you tom greatly appreciate you reporting and reading and tweeting and texting and and uh conversing well done thanks greatly appreciate it, Tom. Thanks for having me, Rich. I'm right there.
2: Later, Tom. Old TP, just taking off. Dude. O- old Pessy. What's your nickname, man, Pe- Mike? P- Pessy. Pelly. No, old, old Pelly. Pelly. Old TP? Old Pelly. Pelly. Old Pelly. Old TP. Dude. William Pelly. Hold Get on. Right. Get ready, Rich. Oh.
1: I can't go there. I just have can't that, go there yet. They have, we have a Jets 12 jersey over there. I know. That's your that's, name that's, on it. It's Namath's.
2: But that's your name. It I, says Eisenhower. I
1: understand it. Joe didn't give it to me like he said he would give it to, to Roger. I can't, he would, though, because that's your boy. Right. I can't. Oh, we're not going not there believe. yet. Come we're on, Rich. Allow go. yourself to believe. No, no. All
2: right? No. Why? No. It's so fun Come on, get happy. Speculate. This is not the Rich Eisen who was saying it with his chest from last year. I'm you, fine. You're reverting back. I don't I'm want good. you to revert back, man. I'm all good. I want that saying it with his chest, Rich. All right. The confident oh, guy. Oh, so there we got all next week for that. <laughs> let's take a break Eight four four
1: two zero four. rich number to dial here on the Rich Eisen Show I have got one player who needs to have a huge game a if you will monster game to move on to the Super Bowl that's next and your calls Back here on the Rich Eisen Show, you can listen to the NFC and AFC Championship games on Westwood One because every NFL broadcast streams live for free throughout this postseason. Every single game has been on it. This weekend's game, Super Bowl 57, will be on it as well. Catch all the action on the Odyssey app on Westwood westwoodonesports.com via Westwood One Station Streams or by asking Alexa to open Westwood One Sports. 844-204-RICH, number to dial. If you're on hold, please stay on hold. All of our threes for us, us being you, anybody out there watching on the Roku channel for free, anybody listening, anybody just checking us out, Hour number three is for you and for us here in studio. What's more likely coming up? I've got my top four Super Bowl matchups that I'd like to see uh, based out of all four options for us. We also have Mike Del Tufo's weather report. It's it's going to be great. Hour number three is going to be awesome. And then we pick the games. Let's go. Uh eight four four two oh four rich Number to dial. We have a couple of phone lines open. The Monster.com Player of the Week. Who needs to have a big-time game, if you will, monster game? Monster. <sighs> There's so many people that you can look at. You know, obviously in Kansas City, who was the one? Uh, it was Lewis Riddick. Chris Jones has got to dominate the game. He says if Chris Jones doesn't dominate the game it. for Kansas City, he's got to wreck the game, then the Bengals are going to win. He said that. Yeah. Um, we also, you know, can take a look at um, secondary help. We can do that. To me, the game is, for the NFC Championship game is is Lane Johnson and Nick Bosa. It really is. If Lane Johnson is is at his best and is at and when he's at his best, then the Eagles' line is invincible. And to use a Philadelphia phrase, and also uh, they can run the ball and they can throw it and protect hurts and then then hit you in the mouth downhill and they're gonna they're gonna really test him out on the other side though for me and this is where i'm gonna go this is where i'm gonna eventually land here um is can the eagles go ahead and put the pressure on brock purdy to make him turn into that pumpkin in front of the whole country on sunday Will they do that? They can do that for sure because they have the number one pass defense. So Purdy is going to have issues. Greg Olson said earlier, the speed may get him. that the Dallas Cowboys are a very fast defense that can get after you and also cover, but the Eagles are faster. Perfect example in terms of what that means in terms of the speed of the game. Marshall Falk tells a story all the time to me about Peyton Manning when Peyton Manning was a rookie and he threw 27 interceptions that rookie year. He said that Peyton Manning would say the same thing to him trotting off the field after the interception, saying, man, I didn't think that guy could get there. Meaning the receiver was open when he let it go, and boom, the guy who he didn't think could get there was the interceptor. And then Marshall said he said that a few weeks in a row, and Marshall finally said to him, Peyton, it's the NFL. They can all get there. That's what I mean about the speed of the game. Purdy knows they can all get there, I believe, by this point in mm-hmm. time. Doesn't need that somebody to tell him. But does he know how fast this defense is? He won't know until he's there. And Marsh, uh, so Marshall's a Hall of Famer I've worked with who I listen to. Warren Sapp's another. He says the defense, the front end, and the back end work together. So what helps the number one passing defense is that pass rush. Hassan Reddick is a guy that everybody's talking about. I'm talking about my Michigan man, Brandon Graham. He's my monster.com player of the week for championship weekend. He's the guy that's going to go after Brock Purdy, I think. And if he can affect the change and he can put on the pressure in the same way as Hassan Redick, you take a look at his numbers since the Eagles lost their first game. After that week 10 loss, look at how he's turned on the Jets he had 18 weeks the first 10 weeks, 19 cents. Four tackles for loss, first 10 weeks, eight cents. Three sacks through the first ten weeks, nine cents. Including the postseason. Purdy will become the third rookie to ever face a number one passing defense in the playoffs. The previous two loss, Mac Jones last year, got boat raced.
2: Yep.
1: Flacco in the OA AFC Championship game, zero touchdowns, three interceptions. If Purdy is the guy to break that streak. He's going to have to sit in that pocket and find the guys and not get rushed by somebody like Brandon Graham. And Graham can say, I'm changing the game. He is my Monster.com Player of the Week. And this segment, sponsored by Monster.com, of course. Monster.com can help you tackle the job search and make your next career move. It's time to get off the sidelines. Go to Monster.com and win the job hunt. That's the Monster.com Player of the Week for... Championship weekend. Nice. 844-204-RICH is the number to dial here on this program. I've been told there is footage of Mahomes practicing. Oh, oh, we can't oh, quit it. We yeah, can't oh, quit yeah. it. So just yeah. when you think we're out oh, of right. the ankle watch, pull you back in. All right. Oh. Roll the ankles. That's coming up <laughs> in hour three as well. Gosh. I'm glad there's a full hour coming up.
2: <laughs> now i got to turn my back.
1: Here we are. <laughs> On the Roku channel still. So here's what we got. Let's let's just talk about how the sausage gets made. I haven't it. written it let's all do it. down we here. got a big third hour. What's more likely? Big third hour. Uh, game picks. Weather report. Uh, You're sneaky good game. Sneaky, sneaky good. Okay.
2: Top, um, top oh, my top four. Top four. Top four, yeah. top four. My top four Super Bowl matchups. There's only four of them. All calls. And me, just Phone calls. Drop, and me just dropping ad-libs all hour. Well, that's why people tune in. <laughs> You know, Rich, can I, can I talk to you about the, the, the Dan Quinn thing really quickly? Just, well, you have to. I, we only have a minute yeah, left. Yeah, no, we only have a minute. I, you know, I just kind of put myself in certain situations. You know, you always talk about when you weren't sure if the show was going to carry on once. Yes. Once uh, Audience Network left. So, you know, AT&T kind of had us yeah. in limbo. I had this opportunity where I had a job interview because we didn't know what was going to go on here. I got offered a social uh, media job well, for a company, right? I never knew that. And I had to, like, to weigh into it, like. It was comparable money, but I'd have to work in Burbank. I lived over here. And then I just had to boil it down to the fact that, like, that was going into something new. I didn't know those people. I didn't really know the situation or stay here with you guys who I loved working with, who I loved coming here every day. And for me, it was like, if you're saying there's a chance that this ship can keep running, I'm going to ride it out with you. And that's basically what I did. So I guess maybe I'm looking at the Dan Quinn situation like that. He's in a situation he likes. Ship is running. He's happy. DJ Jefferson, the Dan Quinn of this program.
1: (laughs) And we're thrilled because how (laughs) else would we ever heard of central podiatry? (laughs)